Hello, good morning. Welcome to another episode of The Daily. This daily episode finds you on the 21st of July, this Wednesday, and I hope that you are well. You know, this daily podcast uh, comes at a really heavy time uh, in our nation. Uh, In this last week, we have uh, seen tragedy with what happened on Monday at River Valley High School. We grieve and we mourn as a nation with uh, staff, students and the affected families. Uh, As a country, we are seeing a resurgence of cases uh, in the community and uh, we've recently uh, received uh, word that we are back at phase 2 heightened alert. Just as we are, we were gaining momentum and making steps toward the right direction, we've now taken a couple steps back uh, because of all that's happening. And no doubt you, like me, feel a sense of heaviness on your heart. How long, how long, how long more? And I know typically with the daily podcast, we start off on a chirpier tone, but I would just like to acknowledge the heaviness that you, you like me, probably are feeling in this moment. The heaviness that's in the air that we breathe as we seek to process all that's happening in our world today, while at the same time recognizing that as Christians, we ought to have hope. But I don't know about you. I find it really hard to hope these days, as it feels like the finish line is pushed off further into the distance. The light at the end of the tunnel is nowhere to be seen. How long, how long, how long more? In times like these, you know, I try to the best of my ability to be anchored in God's word, to find life and sustenance in his word, which isn't just an archaic piece of literature that just gives us instructions for how to live life or good moral or ethics to glean from, but it is God's very words that's living, that's breathing, that speaks life into our present day, into whatever reality we face. And this day, you know, I've been so encouraged by a passage of scripture from 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And this is a passage of scripture that Paul wrote to the Corinthian church who were undergoing strife, persecution, and were experiencing just all sorts of... uh, division, disunity and strife within. And you know, in many ways, you know, a time of persecution, of deep, uh, intense pressure can do that to a community. When there is much uncertainty, hopelessness and fear, we can very well turn against each other. And Two Corinthians is a really crucial book to read, especially in this time as we seek to be a community of hope in a time of despair. And Paul opens uh, this letter with this stunning passage of scripture that you're just about to read. And I hope that this would encourage you in this time. He starts off in verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father for Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. 
If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. This is the word of the Lord. Now just put yourself in the position of all who heard this letter read. For all who were in the midst of persecution, of strife, of uncertainty and hopelessness, to hear these words being recited over them. And Paul first all starts with naming who God is. He says this in his opening line, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles. And so Paul starts off with making this claim, God is the God of all comfort. In Him we find comfort, we find peace, we find assurance. It speaks of God's ability. Because He is infinite in His power and His might, He is able to bring comfort even in the harshest of circumstances. And it isn't only just that God is able. Paul would say that He is the Father of of compassion. In verse 4, he says this, who comforts us in all our troubles. And what a stunning claim. And isn't that just that God is able to do things? It just it doesn't just speak of God's ability, power, and might, but he speaks of God's love and his willingness to extend this comfort toward us. He is the father of compassion. And that word compassion in its original script would mean to have deep feelings about someone's difficulty or misfortune. And we have a God who is not distant from our suffering, who observes from a distance. But we have a God, a Father, who feels deeply for us, who feels deeply about the things that we go through. The Bible tells us that we do not have a saviour who is unable to empathise with our sufferings. The incarnation of Christ tells us and shows us that God isn't unwilling to step into our story, to step into our moment, to step into our pain, our suffering, our darkness, in order that he may be with us. We have a God who is compassionate, kind, and gracious toward us. He is the Father of compassion who comforts us in all our troubles. He himself comforts us in all our troubles. He doesn't just extend you know, powers towards us. He doesn't just you know, throw something down from heaven. He steps in. He comforts us in all our troubles. He is present with us. He is near to the brokenhearted, to those who are crushed in spirit. God is near. In our grieving, in our mourning, God doesn't just give us comfort. He gives us himself. The comforter steps into our story, our moment, and in his presence we are comforted. 
What a beautiful promise that we glean from scripture. Now, as Christians, we all know that we are called to be a people of hope, of joy, of peace, even in turbulent times. And for many of us, we associate being a faith-filled person with being a person full of hope, positive, you know, optimism. We just are able to capture the silver lining on, uh, in every cloud. We are just able to make good out of uh, you know, really dark and bad situations. We are just able to come into hope and declare praise to God even in the most hellish of circumstances. And that is so very true. I've been so impressed by a couple of people in the community. Their faith in the midst of trying times. What a testimony. What a testimony. But I think for many of us, we have the tendency of bypassing a period of mourning, of grieving, in order that we may step directly into jubilant hope. And, you know, when we bypass that, we miss out on a couple of things. First off, we miss God's comfort that is real, that is extended to us in our mourning. We miss meeting with God who is not just the God of our mountaintop experiences, but he is the God who meets us in the valley. And we miss out on a crucial and beautiful facet of God's nature and character. We miss out experiencing God in a really tender way. And the other thing that we miss out you know, when we just bypass a time of mourning, of grieving, is that we would often have a very one-dimensional approach or uh, experience of faith. We think of faith being declaring and, and speaking and not allowing realities to define our belief in God. And that is beautiful and that is true. But I think there is a precious aspect of faith that we can experience even in mourning, grieving, in dark times. And that is a faith that looks like honesty to God. It is a faith that gives us courage to come to God in spite of our rawness, our brokenness, our weakness, our vulnerability, our uncertainty, our doubts. It is a confident faith that uh, in, in many ways we can see it being played out when a child would run to uh, his or her parent and just pour his or her heart out with full confidence that his or her parent would listen, would sit, and would be present even as they pour their heart out and walk through their stuff. And that is the kind of faith that we get to exercise in trying times. We get to come to God in full honesty, trusting that He is able to handle even the rawest of emotions. And we see this uh, you know, being played out in a psalm of David in Psalm 13. It starts off like this. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? And that's such intense and visceral and raw language that David uses. But, you know, catch this. He turns to God, even in the midst of his lament and grieving. In verse 2, it says, How long shall I take counsel in my own soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? 
And then from verse 3, he says this, you know, Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemy says I prevailed against him. Lest those who trouble me rejoice when I am moved. And now here, here David's bringing, you know, his complaint uh, before God. But he's also requesting for help. Help me, O God, help me. Lest those who trouble me rejoice when I am moved enlighten my eyes consider and hear me and first off you know david turns to god he brings his lament to god and now he begins to ask and request for god's intervention and verse 5 psalm 13 shifts when it says this but i have trusted in your mercy my heart shall rejoice in your salvation i will sing to the lord because he has dealt bountifully with me and in verse 5 david shifts to a posture of trust, of surrender, of hope again. And that, you know, we get from that psalm, we get a kind of template for how we ought to bring our griefs, our mournings, our anguish before God. And that doesn't, you know, take us away from God. If done rightly, it actually leads us into a place of hope. It is a kind of hope that isn't ignorant of circumstances, isn't ignorant of harsh realities, but it's a kind of hope that is anchored in God's nature, His goodness toward us, and it's a kind of hope that is built upon a kind of honesty before God. God, this situation is horrendous. This tragedy that we've just witnessed is so heartbreaking. I am hopeless. I am in despair. God, I need your help today. Enlighten my eyes. Consider and hear me, O God, such that I may trust and hope in you again. And that is the kind of hope and faith that God wants to lead us toward. Not one that is just built on blind optimism, but one that comes when the Comforter, when the God of all comfort steps into our life and our story and he gives us the gift of his presence. He comforts us and restores us and leads us to hope again. And that is possible. That is a gift that is given to you and me. Believers, Christians, all who follow Christ, all who have his very spirit. That is possible for all of us this day. And the promise of scripture is this, that not only will we be comforted, but that we may comfort those in trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. That we get to be a conduit of God's comfort, God's shalom, peace, His mercy and kindness to those around us, having freely and abundantly received the comfort that comes from God. We now get to pour out that comfort so that others may be restored into hope. And so this day, in light of all that we've heard from God's Word, His Holy Scriptures, let us take a moment to walk that journey that David did in Psalm 13. To first off turn to God in the midst of the pain and anguish that we may be feeling this day. To not allow our eyes to be turned toward lesser things. To resist the impulse to distract ourselves and instead turn to God. And with our eyes cast on Him, let us bring honesty. Let us give God the gift of our honesty this day. Begin to tell God, these are things that 
troubling me, weighing heavy on my heart. And as you've done so, now take a step beyond that and just ask for God's help, His grace to be given to you this day as you desire to step back into hope. And so, you know, let us not rush this moment. Let us all go before God this day with our hearts laid bare before Him, asking for His help, asking for Him to comfort us in the midst of all our troubles so that we may hope again. So let's spend a few moments doing so. Beautiful. I hope that that time was enlightening, but also precious uh, for you, that you experience God's nearness and comfort for all that you're going through this day. And as we close off, I would love to um, just invite you to join me in just a short prayer for our nation, especially for all who have been directly affected, be it by the tragedy in the school or by um, the new uh, state of measures and shutdown. God, we ask for your peace to be upon our nation. God, we so need your Holy Spirit to touch our land and our people. And we ask for your kingdom to come, for your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let it be so in our nation. We ask this in your name. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Daily. I'll catch you for the next couple of episodes coming out in the next couple of days. Have a great day ahead. Grace and peace. Hey, Pastor Andre here. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of The Daily. If you like what you're hearing and you want to check us out, you can look us up on Facebook or Instagram or check out our website www.thecity.sg for more information. Have a great day ahead. Grace and peace.